Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Well, I think, you know, you add a you know, Hall of Famer like Chris uh, to a team with such an elite talent, elite score, and, and, and Book, and a guy who's, I think, Book's taking his game to another level on both ends of the floor. They've really bought into the game defensively you know, as a team, as a unit. Uh, they've got great guys to cast around those two, and, and they've built that team very well. You know, a playoff caliber team that, that's going to be very tough to handle. So, you know, we know it's going to be a physical game and a cerebral game with Chris. You know, he's just such a smart point guard, so we'll have to go out there and see what we got. There's Mike Conley talking about the Suns. Very complimentary and respectful, PK. Come on, it's the top two in the West. Where's the hate? Where's the anger? Where's the chippiness? Okay, Conley, the day before the game, is the wrong guy to go to for that, isn't he? Well, I don't think there's any history between the two teams. There I is. think anybody to go to the day before the game, maybe That's the day after the game, might change. Maybe there'll be an elbow. Someone will get tripped or something. Some hard foul. Top two teams in the West. Best two records in the NBA squaring off Jazz and the Suns tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Pre-game show starts at 7 here, and given that the Jazz lost to Dallas, how big of a game is this against second-place Phoenix? That's the question up on Facebook, gathering comments all night, and we will get to that coming up next. Big game for the Jazz and the Suns. How big? Stay with us. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Trey gets run into by Williamson. They don't call anything. Trey's going to shoot a long one. And this time it is off the rim, off the rim, and bounces in. A three-pointer by Trey Young. And the Hawks take their largest lead of the night. 13 points. Oh, whoa, whoa, oh, whoa. That, that should be a point. look out. That was OG. And that is a wrestling move, taking down Schroeder. Schroeder was, Schroeder was holding him up, and I don't know what he was thinking. He actually almost ended up body slamming Schroeder. Inbound Jokic, head fake on the three, spins on Plumley, one-legged oh. jumper. Oh! One and a half seconds to go. Denver's blowed out the Pistons in the first half in Denver. Curry off the screen, takes a jumper, it's up and good! A two for Curry, just inside the arc of the left side. Warriors lead by three. Beverly in the far side of the court with a bounce pass left wing. Leonard rips through, drives left, gets to the rim. Foul is called and he makes it in. The strength of the claw on full display as Leonard will not be denied and one opportunity. All right, there's the night in the NBA. The Clippers, the Blazers, currently three in the West and six in the West. If nothing changed, and of course lots of things could, but if nothing changed, they would be the first-round matchup. And the Clippers took it to Portland right away and never let them back in the game. Clippers with a 47-point first quarter. Paul George had it going. He scored 36 points. And the Clippers just roll past the Blazers. P.K., you applied your rule to the box score. And quickly, upon analyzing Damian Lillard's line, thought, oh, yeah, the Blazers got beat. Uh, two of 14, yeah. There it is. Powell had a big game to maybe offset it a little bit, but not enough, obviously. Right. Well, when you're giving up 133, you haven't left yourself much wiggle room. That is a really big number. And it started with that 47-point first quarter. 
So the Clippers get the W there, but they weren't the only team in the West winning. The Lakers beat the Raptors 110-101 in that highlight. You heard the scuffle there. A transition opportunity for the Raptors, and Dennis Schroeder fouled. And I didn't think it was an especially hard foul, but and Anubi did. And he uh, he dumped Schroeder onto the ground, picked up his leg. It was like a wrestling move. And he got kicked out for that. Schroeder did not, and yeah, I didn't think he should have. But Montrez Harrell got kicked out. He was not happy. He was defending his teammate, but hockey rules, PK, third man in. You're, you're putting yourself at risk. Okay. There you go. Warriors come back with a 16-5 run to close the game and beat the Bucks. Uh, Antetokounmpo did not play. They said it was a knee, so he was out. Bucks are now 3-2 and two when he sits. Steph Curry, 41 points, including in that comeback, I have to say, PK, a marvelous screen assist. Tremendous. Dang, I missed it. Yeah, he set a back screen, freed a teammate for a dunk. It was sweet. Everybody assumed he was cutting to get the ball. He set that screen and surprised everybody. Caught him flat-footed. Jokic went for 27-11. and 11. The Nuggets beat the Pistons 134-119. Seemed like they were up uh, 20 most of that game. That was pretty easy. Jokic had a ridiculous hoop. Loose ball, and he just batted the bottom of the ball up and into the hoop. Just swatted it in. What touch. Left, left the announcers. Gefine. That was pretty slick. Hawks hit 11 straight threes in the third quarter to beat the Pelicans. 123-107, 11 for 11 from three in the third quarter. Think how many games you watched where a team didn't take 11 threes in a game. And now we got a team going 11 for 11 in a quarter. Go figure. It's a new era. Celtics troubles continue. Sixers swat them 106-96. Embiid went for 35. Celtics continue to stumble around the, the 500 mark. Anything else in the NBA catch your attention last night? Well, you only left out the Bulls and Pacers. So there it is. Them too. What do you mean anything else? That's it. That's the only Vucevic, one. Vucevic, thirty-two and <laughs> seventeen. Thirty-two and seventeen for Vuce. James Harden. James Harden's out ten games. Hamstring strain. Just when they're about to get Kevin Durant back, will the big three ever play together? It's ten days. They didn't say ten games. Ten days. You're right. Ten days. Right hamstring strain. Durant's missed 23 with a right hamstring strain of his own, but he is probable on the injury report now. So, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Ute freshman Ian Martinez entered the NCAA transfer portal. His dad, Henry, was an assistant on Larry Kristoviak's staff, and you can assume he will not be an assistant on Craig Smith's staff, and so that package deal going away. Latoon, 6'10", big man, did withdraw his name from the portal. So, that's the good news for the youth this, this week, I guess. Did he even play much? I... Very little. He played a little. Not much. And then they got this kid from Cincinnati? Yes, three-star kid. Gabe Madsen? <laughs> three-star kid. You. Just... <laughs> that was it. I saw the release. There it is, three-star kid. What do we know about Cincinnati basketball? This goes back to what you were talking about with Recruiting nationally sounds good, and you got your uh, links in the Midwest, but we've seen a lot of Midwest kids come and go here. And uh, most of the people who've made an impact have either been local kids or uh, from the West, mostly from California. Obviously, there have been a few others. Yeah, and I think that uh, 
the three-star deal? I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a play as a three. What does that mean? Can a three-star kid help you? Absolutely. So I don't know what type of role he's going to have because the roster I don't think is close to being finalized. But at this point, you know, you need some players because you got probably, uh, arguably, I guess, maybe your three best players in the portal. I mean, Martinez showed a lot of uh, upside, as they say. You don't hear that word much, but potential. That's just a freshman, so that's a blow. And Allen and Plummer have indicated they're out the door, too. Uh, So you need some bodies. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. He's plugged into uh, BYU pretty well. I know it was good being out there at the pro day, and uh, just had an opportunity to you know speak to his representatives, say hello to a couple members of his family quickly, and you know BYU put on a, a great pro day for for the entire NFL first class organization, and it was a good day out there. That's Jets general manager D- Joe Douglas. Steve Young really tied into BYU. I assume that was a heck of a recruiting pitch from Steve there. Wait a second. So Jets GM Joe Douglas is saying he got to speak to some representatives of Steve Young? Is that, is that what that was about? I think at that point... He's talking about Wilson. I think he was point. talking about Wilson's yeah. reps there. There were so many pronouns. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. But I, I know what you're thinking because I thought the same thing when he said it. And I'm Hold like, on, huh? No, he can't be. He's got to be talking about Wilson. <laughs> All right, I only know what it says here. I yeah. mean, I can't assume. I got it written down in front of me. But the, I think that I was thinking about this the other day is that Steve Young has called Zach Wilson a generational talent. And so I don't think he's saying it just because of the BYU connection. I don't think Steve would put his rep out on the line. I agree 100, 100%. He would phrase it differently if he liked the kid and wanted to give him, a, give him some help. But he would phrase it differently. If he's selling it that hard and he knows in this era everything, everything's written down, everything's remembered, everything is, you know, clip and safe, <laughs> he's not going to throw that out there unless he thinks it. That doesn't mean he can't be wrong, but right, right, right. he's not making it up. He may right. just, and, yeah. and also, you can be a generational talent. I mean, if you don't have a team around you, you're not going to win, you know, and uh, Archie Manning's a great example, and when he thought his kid was going to the wrong franchise, man, they leveraged their way out of that, and he ends up with the Giants instead of the Chargers, and they won two Super Bowls. So, well, are you suggesting you that Lisa Wilson is going to leverage Zach out of New York? <laughs> no, because I don't know if you, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know so. if you know this, but she's got 22 days before she holds hosts a draft party, and. Her basement is all decorated in Ute gear. You've got to look at the lady's Instagram. I mean, the, it's like I don't watch Days of Our Lives anymore because <laughs> I got Lisa Wilson's Instagram. Life according, anymore, anymore. Life that, according to Lisa is her Instagram. I mean, just when and and and, uh, and then she's got some cheer thing DJ going on, and she just wants to go to bed and wake up and have it be July. She wants to do a little Rip Van Wilson here. And so this is, I mean, I feel for the gal. Right now, the, the type of uh, just emotion and all the struggles that she's going through, she's got, I mean, her whole basement is Ute gear because of her, her their, uh, their passion for the Utes until he, Zach, went to BYU. And then, you know, her husband played there. 
this is a, this is a day to day struggle for this lady, and I'm just looking forward to see what what's going on today. I guess it's sort of a day later. Uh, maybe it's in the evening and it's earlier in the day, but and my wife's friend brought it up to me. She said that she's her my wife's friend is is like um, not addicted. That's too strong. But she lists she watches it every day. And my wife asked me about it because my wife, you know how much social media she does, including Facebook and whatever. Zero. Zero. She has no interest in any of this stuff. She has never been on Instagram once, and she does not have a Facebook account, none of that stuff. So I have to inform her, and I'm just in that 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 draft party. Um, because ESPN's coming out to the home apparently, and how's that basement going to look, man? Got to do some <laughs> some heavy revamping. BYU, you got to get some gear out there because you can't have Utah being shown a BYU kid with Utah. Kalani, get on it. I guess that was yesterday, so maybe it's only if it well it was two days ago. It might even be twenty. How many more days until the draft? Figure that out, y'all can get back to me because <laughs> the transformation best. has got to get going. We're down to three weeks now. It's usually a Thursday, Friday, Saturday deal. So isn't it uh, twenty? I don't know. It's the 29th, 30th, yeah, it's twenty-two 1st. days from today. Yeah. So okay, so she filled. Maybe she was filled it last night, late last night. But yeah, got to get going, man. Get some blue, some cool. Did you blue. comment on her Instagram? I mean, you're the king of it's one of your go-to this lines. This is not like and post, it's, it's actually seriously good advice. Don't wish time away. And she wants to fast forward to July, man. You gotta, you gotta savor yeah, these days. We don't know how many we got left. those things because they don't. They're, you can't they're her Instagram they're like stories. Oh. So no, she, stories. she posted like a video. Share I, it shows a whole wall of Utah red gear. Yeah, see, like, Yaka seen it. I've seen it. Trust me. Yeah, it's a, he it's, see, as they say in Utah, he's seen I, it. I done seen it. He's seen it. I've seen it. The only one who hasn't seen it is DJ. DJ, you should seen it. I done not seen it. You should oh, done seen it. I stand with Mrs. Kinnan. Mrs. K and I, no, shoulder to shoulder. Oh, you know, you do social Twitter. media. You're fa- every time oh, I would come on in. Oh, yeah, on Instagram, I stand shoulder to shoulder with you. <laughs> every Facebook day when I Twitter. come in, you'd be on Facebook and Facebook you, and Twitter. You I got on Twitter. I got them up right now. I don't even have my mentions. Is that what they're called in Twitter? People are yeah. are mentioning me and stuff. I don't. I never see it, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I turned that off a long time ago. I turned it on last week when you were gone for show purposes, but then I turned it right back off. The second you cross the state line. <laughs> DJ hit three, Martin. He left Snowville, didn't he? Is he here now? All right. Click. Two of the 22 women who have filed lawsuits against Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson came forward publicly during a news conference yesterday. This is Days of Our Lives, PK. There is a daily Watson update. And it feels Except like... This is serious. Yeah. Ashley Solis, lawyer Tony Busby said, was the first massage therapist to file a lawsuit against Watson on March 16th. Spoke. People say, I'm doing this just for the money. That is false. I come forward now so that Deshaun Watson does not assault another woman. Would you like to say, PK? That is There are allegations at this point. Nothing has been proven, so I'm not going to convict the guy. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Wisconsin AD Barry Alvarez will retire effective June 30th. He's been the AD for the Badgers since 2004. He was the football coach dating back to 1990. They won three Big Ten championships, three Rose Bowls during his run. 
PK, before Barry Alvarez, Wisconsin just wasn't on the radar. When people talked about Big Two and Little Eight, they weren't even in the middle of the Little Eight. They were nothing. And now, and they're not Ohio State, but they're pretty good. Yeah, that's really amazing to me to think about it, having been in Madison on game day, and it's a college town all the way. It's, it's as fine a college town as I've been in, really, in terms of the town just all focusing on the game and to think that they weren't good because you'd think, man, they'd have every, everything that they have now you think they could have had then, but they didn't. And you're right, the record was horrible, and Alvarez got it going on there, and, and you know, they're a very good program now. LSU associate AD Sharon Lewis is filing a $50 million Title IX lawsuit against the school, former football coach Les Miles, and a law firm representing the school. The suit accuses LSU officials of conspiring to cover up a sexual harassment investigation in Miles and retaliating against Lewis for reporting on the allegations. This win. Yeah, right? Well, we'll see where this goes. A $50 million Title IX lawsuit against an SEC powerhouse. See what kind of impact that has in the long run. How that plays out. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Swinging a line drive. Base hit into right. Badu! Line drive single. Castro scores. And Badu in game three delivers the walk-off. The pitch. Swing and a line drive in a center field. A base hit. Robles to third. It gets by Pache to the wall. Robles coming in to score. And an opening day. Curly W is in the books. Ryan Thompson comes to the set. He deals. Swing at a drive to right field. The Ruzerona going back, still going back. Turns, and it's over his head, and the Red Sox win the ball game. He got twisted around, didn't make the play. It'll be a two-run double for J.D. Martinez, and the Red Sox win it 6-5. to five. Can you believe it? Boston Red Sox picking up another victory after an 0-3 start and all that. Now they've won a couple games, and P.K. spinning like a top out there in the outfield. Ball, I don't... Balls have been played better than that. But it gets scored as a hit. He didn't touch it, so good enough. No, Martinez with the walk-off. Uh, yeah. Well, he, put, he would have had a double, but the, I don't know if they gave it to him because I don't know if he got to second base. Uh, you also heard in those highlights at the start, that was Akil Badu, who's had an awesome start. His first pitch he saw, he homered, and second then homered homer. in the second game, and then a walk-off now. So, man. Talk about the immediate impact. Just to clarify, PK, it was scored a double for J.D. Martinez. Good. I always root for my former Diamondbacks. <laughs> uh, the Oakland Athletics are a punching bag. Now 0-6. Dodgers 5-1. to They hit three homers in the game. Clayton Kershaw, seven strong innings. They got him four runs early, so he had a cushion to work with. And the Dodgers just bludgeoning the Athletics. Padres are going to lose Fernando Tatis Jr. on a 10-day IL, but it could have been worse. It could have been surgery. They've opted not for the surgery for his shoulder subluxation. They won without him. They beat the Giants 3-1. Victor Caratini with a two-run homer to snap a 1-1 tie and get the W there. Padres a game behind the Dodgers early on. And the Astros, good things happening for them early this year. Carlos Correa with a two-run homer in the ninth. And the Astros are off to a 5-1 start. 
You also heard uh, Juan Soto's uh, walk-off in there as the Nationals beat the Braves 6-5, to and they sidelined by COVID-19, but now they're playing, and they got a W. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. No job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, Jazz. Suns, top two records in the NBA, and they're squaring off tonight. How big a game is this for the Jazz coming off the loss to Dallas? We will get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Your Toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. It's definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. All right, given that the Jazz lost to Dallas, how big of a game is it tonight against second-place Phoenix? Two best records in the NBA. Rob says it's very big. They need to keep some distance between them and the two-seat. Perhaps losing to Dallas will wake them up, and they will play with a purpose. I thought they played with a purpose in Dallas. I thought they missed a lot of open shots. Uh, Granted, it melted down late in the third quarter, but there was a long stretch there. I thought they did play with purpose, even though they were losing and missing a bunch of threes. Well, it doesn't matter now. That game's over. Uh, it's all about going to, the, to this game tonight. I think the important thing that they need to be aware of, and they probably are, is that Phoenix absolutely believes it's a big game. And with that in mind, you need to make sure that you have your energy and your focus and concentration and attention and all that stuff uh, as soon as you get up this morning because Phoenix is thinking this is a big, big deal. And the town is excited for the Suns. Uh, you know, it, as far as a pro team, it originally was a Suns team, a Suns town, I mean. And uh, so people rally around them, and they haven't been able to rally around them. It's like the youth basketball program. Yeah. Youth basketball is a big deal to those who are interested, but they haven't given them much to be interested in for a good number of years. And once they do, the, the youth fandom in the Huntsman Center, again, will be alive. There's no doubt in my mind. It's the same type of deal on a bigger scale at the pro level in Phoenix is that this is a Suns town originally. And then, you know, the Cardinals and NFL are a big deal. And really any pro team that wins is a big deal. If you win at a high, high level, that town becomes whatever team that is doing the winning. So you can say that if the Diamondbacks rocked or the Coyotes in hockey, then there would be enough people that would be behind them for sure. Uh, so uh, that that always happens. But I think the passion for the Suns has been dormant for a number of years because the team has sucked. They've made so many horrible moves, the owner being cheap and all this stuff. Well, clearly they've gotten past that, So at least for now anyway. And so the, the game and the town and the team are going to be excited about this game. And I think the Jazz need to be aware of that because if they're not, it could sort of blitz them in the way that uh, Baylor blitzed Gonzaga. 
at that point. Now, this is a professional team, so getting down 10 before the first media timeout certainly is not in the end of the world uh, because that's nice. But in the, for one thing, the NBA game is eight minutes longer, so you've got a longer time to come back. But I just think they need to be aware of what the Suns are thinking and make sure that they match the energy. If you shoot the ball well, great. That's going to help a lot. But match the energy. Nate says it's not a big game. The Jazz will choke in the playoffs like usual anyway. Nate, that's just a big load of depressing news right there. Well, that's why it makes it even a bigger game then if they're going to choke in the playoffs. At least have some regular season success. Yeah. For some horrible playoff disappointment. And and also, too, you know, I think just psychologically, when you've held on to the number one seed as long as this team has had it and then don't get it, if that should be the case, I don't think that'll be the case. But if it should be the case, I think psychologically that would be a bad look because in order for you not to get it after you've held it this long, that means you're not playing well. And so if that's the case, you're going to go into the postseason not on any form of a run, which is not good. So I think that you want to have that number one seed at this point because of the fact that that would mean that you're not playing well. Because I don't think that the Suns can catch the Jazz unless the Jazz stumble. And I mean, losing two or three games out of 22 left is not stumbling, right? So it's not like that they could uh, they could still play well and have the Suns overtake them. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Suns will have to play well, yes, but I also think for the Jazz to not get the number one seed, they would have to stumble. So you'd have to have those two things combined, the Jazz stumble and the Suns play really, really well. And obviously you don't want to be stumbling going into the postseason. And that makes this a big game because if you lose this game, you're only one game up in the loss column. And at that point, it's a race, and you do have one more game left with these guys down the road. Win this, push the lead back to three and a half games, it'd be back to three in the loss column. Tiebreaker would rest on that third meeting, uh, which is still, I think, about a month away. So that makes this a big game. Yeah. Robert labels it the biggest of the season. Well, until the next one comes along, but I'd give you the biggest one to date. What's the biggest one so far? The Milwaukee game you were talking about yesterday because they were 4-4 four and four and it launched the 11-game win streak? In terms of a win, I think you can go down that road. They played yeah. the Clippers there Early. Uh, a yeah. few weeks back when they had the back-to-back thing and the Clippers got their guys back. Oh, that was okay. Another th- yeah. and, that, and they lost that game. Yes, they did. But the point being, and they, they played well. It's not like they got run off the quarter or anything. The point there, I see some similarities. The Clippers... I think it was, was it like a Wednesday, Friday or whatever mm-hmm. it was? It was. And and so the Wednesday game, uh, at least one, if not both of the stars didn't play. And so it was sort of a built-in loss. Well, then you saw the second game when they got their guys back. The Clips were really amped for the game. And I think that the Jazz are going to face the same level of ampness, so to speak, from the Suns. We, we, we talked about this now for a few weeks the Jazz have a lot to prove in the postseason. Well, the Suns have even more because however many doubters there are for the Jazz in the postseason, I'd say double and triple that from the Suns' perspective. I mean, you're really looking at Chris Paul, who hasn't had a ton of playoff success, and then Booker, and then nobody else. 
It seems like whenever I see a discussion of the West, it always starts with the L.A. teams. <clears throat> then there's a mention of the Denver. And lately, early there wasn't. <clears throat> when they talk about the Jazz, it's, well, are the Jazz really a contender? And they never even ask the question about the Suns. The Suns just get ignored. And I've seen that over and over. How many halftime shows and how many games you watch when you watch on national TV. And so, to your point, the Jazz get questioned nationally, and it irritates Jazz fans, but the Suns, they're not even ending up in the discussion. I don't, I don't, I don't see the TNT and ESPN crews sitting around like, well, can the Suns take down the Clippers in a second-round matchup? Nobody even talks about it. Off the radar. Yeah, I got to put Jay Crowder in there as far as a little bit uh, getting attention. Maybe not nobody after uh, Paul and Booker, but I do think when the Suns are discussed, it's not really the Suns; it's Paul and Booker. Yeah, it's those two. Booker's a, and he's an elite level scorer. This is the first time he's been in the league what four or five years now, and this is the first time he's played on a team that's won thirty five games. That's brutal. <laughs> that yeah. is a brutal stat. Yeah, but it goes back because... to the Suns has been nothing for Suns fans to rally around. And right. they had that one season, Jeff Hornacek was coaching, and they won the 48 or 49 games, whatever it was, in the 40, high 40s, and didn't make the playoffs. And he wasn't there yet. And that's the only decent season they've had in the last 10. The other nine have just been a mess. Right. And I listened to uh, Phoenix Sports Radio to try to get a feel yesterday when I went to the gym to get a feel for tonight's game because the Suns weren't playing, and they were talking about it for sure. It was one of their lead. Well, they had just played the night before against Houston, so it was their lead, uh, the midday show. I got to the gym about 11 o'clock, and it was the mid- midday show. which starts at 10 like ours does, uh, 10 to 2, same type of hours, uh, but the hour behind us there because they don't change the clock, so it was 10 o'clock, and that was their lead story coming in right off the bat was the Suns win the night before against Houston and then looking forward to the Jazz game. And they brought that up, that Booker has not played on a team that's won this many games because they've sucked. And Chris Paul is getting a ton of run, uh, and he's late late in the NBA life for sure. Uh, so he's getting a lot of credit as far – I think the team was more was more poised to be better this year uh, even if they would have uh, kept Rubio, I think they were poised to be better. But uh, at Rubio, uh, Paul's better than Rubio. We all obviously understand that. So they would have been better no matter who they had because they're just get they're they're, they're maturing to an extent. Now they add Paul, who you know he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. I think we all agree on that, and so he's helped them tremendously. There's no doubt about it. So Chris Paul is getting a lot of run, and there's nothing more that he would like to. Uh, after he's been shuttled around from team to team here uh, to not I want to say finish it on a right note because I assume he's going to come back next year, but really draw out whatever this team has, how good this Phoenix Suns team is. So far, they're pretty good. As far as postseason, I don't know. But whatever they have, he would like to draw that out of them. And he would leave a nice legacy in Phoenix, even though he'll just be there for a short time. So, yeah, I believe this is a big game. A lot of attention, and I think the, the fact that it's on ESPN and all that stuff, it gives a little more extra juice. They have won, the Suns have won six in a row and nine out of ten. They, mm-hmm. they had a slow start to their season, kind of what we were talking about before the Dallas game. The Suns were eight and eight, and 
with you know Chris Paul being new and some young guys to bring along and blah blah blah. But they figured out, and now they go twenty-seven and six over thirty-three games. That is some excellent basketball. You know, you're playing, you're playing, winning over an eight hundred clip since uh, late January. You were playing some excellent basketball. We talked about the Jazz four and four start, but the Suns were eight and eight before they got it rolling. Mm-hmm. All right, we got more people weighing in here. Um, Kevin says it's big. They are all big. You buying that? Or they're not all big. Orlando wasn't big. They're not all big. There's some teams just playing well, out the string down the stretch. I think it would have been big if you lost. Uh, then it would have been big. It would have been a big loss because of the fact that you're playing some of these teams that aren't in a position to compete with you. Uh, so do what you need to do, and that's just run them out of the gym, and that's what they did. So it wasn't necessarily a big win, but it would have been a big loss because it would have been a completely and totally unexpected loss. You would have given away something that's supposed to be yours. Now, obviously, they didn't, so it doesn't matter. Uh, But these games now, uh, particularly when you go up against teams in the West because the playoffs are in sight. And so it just uh, does it mean everything. No. Does it mean something? Yes. Does it mean something more than if you're playing Cleveland? or Toronto, or Charlotte, or whomever from the East? I believe it does. Yes, uh, I believe there's a little more heightened awareness into these games that you can draw something upon these games when you go up against teams from the West if you should play them in the postseason. And plus, you can also, sort of like a conference schedule in football, you know, we beat you, you beat us, but we beat them, and you lost to them. You know, so maybe you can draw just at least from a discussion from a talk radio standpoint. I think so uh, for now, and maybe it comes to pass. Then we get to the postseason. Yeah, it does. Maybe it doesn't, but for now it does. And I don't know that they're necessarily all big going forward because once you get down to the final two weeks, if spots are solidified in the playoffs, you see some teams rest guys. Obviously, we've seen that a number of times. We haven't seen it as much. But, but we're not there yet, so I don't know how it's going to be this year. So with that in mind, maybe they aren't. But that's not now. Today, Phoenix, big. It's huge. The Jazz need to keep the lead in the West. That's Brad's take. He wants them to be, his, be the one seed. Uh, but Brian says from a statement standpoint, it's really big. But in the grand scheme of things, not that big. A month or so ago with the L.A. teams on our heels for second and third, but first place was huge then. Now we can slip to second, and it might not hurt too much. Yeah, but I think that's just a bad look. Slip. With 22 games, do I want to slip? Especially because you've beaten a bunch of teams that either aren't playoff teams or are just barely playoff teams and aren't going to go anywhere. And now you're playing three games in a row against teams that are in, have good records, have a chance to advance, and you lost to Dallas. If you lose this, you know, from the schedule standpoint – the hard game was the one tomorrow. Portland's going to be at home. They have a day off. You're on the second night of a back-to-back. You may really you know, spend a lot of energy and leave it all out on the floor and all that stuff in Phoenix. So these first two games, you're going in, similar schedule, day off before, good enough. So you're 0-2, and man, it's not that you can't win in Portland. Certainly Jerry Sloan would want no excuses and not want to hear about the back-to-back and all that stuff, but it seems like you got a built-in disadvantage there. Uh, yeah, for the short term, sure. Uh, that uh, Well, compared to tonight, so I buy that 100%. Compared to tonight, 
you do, but Portland in the standings, I don't really think Portland is a threat to you and what you're trying to achieve in the standings. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Portland catches uh, big time uh, fire and and just jumps up. I don't don't see that. But also, too, DJ, I think you have to acknowledge with the Nuggets winning, uh, the lead down in the Northwest Division is to six games. And you don't want it to drop to five and a half. There it is, the old Northwest Division. <laughs> I look at it every day, multiple times. The Western you're Conference wasting time leftovers. on Twitter. I'm looking at the Northwest Division standings. When they put those divisions together, you know, that geographically, hey, let's get the California teams together and we'll put Phoenix in there. And Southwest, we got the Texas teams and New Orleans is right there and then it, they got to the Northwest Division. It's just the leftovers from Portland to no, Utah not. to Minnesota to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's not in the Northwest, PK. I don't think fans Atlanta think Braves Utah's in the Northwest. In, yeah, I know. That the was Atlanta ridiculous. Atlanta Braves were in the NL West. Yeah, and the Atlanta Falcons. Dallas the Cowboys are still in the NFC East. That's just And you're talking the, to me about that? They're throwing their weight around. They want all those New Yorkers in Texas to come out to their game. That's a big deal to them. And you don't think the Oklahomans want Utahns together? No, I really don't. Look at the rival we've we've built with Barry Trammell. (laughs) We have no rivalry with Barry Trammell. (laughs) Sure, we do. A rivalry. I gave him a ride. I gave him a ride in my car when last time they played each other in the playoffs. And you, the tension. We drove from the practice site over to the arena. The tension and just that two mile drive. Oh. It was palatable. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Masters starts Thursday. we got to give away another golfer. Yak, who do you want to give away right now? As I grab my trusty sheet here, let's give away Matthew Fitzpatrick. All right, it's a you win a golf Masters giveaway. If you're calling 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE, you get Matthew Fitzpatrick. You get uh, you get him for this year's Master. If he wins, he'll receive the same brand of driver that he's got in his bag. Call in now at 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-9663. It's all brought to you by You Win a Golf, serving Utah golfers since 1971. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Brian Taylor joining us, Real Golf Radio. So the appetizer starts with pigs in a blanket. That's delicious. And you got to hand it to Dustin Johnson to put pigs in a blanket on a Masters Club dinner. Like, is there a more prestigious in all of sports dinner club? And he goes with pigs in a blanket. And then, oh, by the way, just to class up the joint, we're going to go lobster and corn fritters. Look, we all enjoy pigs in a blanket. I just don't know if that's uh, a Masters dinner. That's all. I've got the image of me eating like four of those just before I get into my filet with lobster tail. And how that would be. I like how you're like. Pair well. You're like, hey, bring more of those over here. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Faldo, can I have yours? Yeah. (laughs) I'm hungry. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now. You can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. I got another reason why I think this is a huge game tonight because you don't want the Suns to catch you, right? That's obvious. We all agree on that. Yes, you've been number but, one for a long time. You don't want to give it away now. 
the point I was making that the Suns can't get it on their own. They need the Jazz to falter because, and I'm looking at the, the guy uh, who does the midday show down in Arizona at the station I listened to. He used to be a longtime sports columnist for the Arizona Republic, and now he's strictly with the radio. But he writes a, a thing like I do, and they promote it and all that stuff. Uh, and he wrote, um, reading, his, his name's Dan Bickley. The Suns' breakthrough season becomes a gauntlet on Wednesday, four games a week until the end of the regular season, including six back-to-back contests. Their, sco- their closing schedule is currently ranked the fourth hardest in the NBA with an opposing winning percentage of 5-3-7. So the point I'm making here is there's no way the Jazz can play well and not get the first place seed. The only way the Suns get it is if the Jazz stumble. The Jazz, the, the Jazz, the Suns would have to play well too, but the Jazz would have to stumble, and that's not good. That's why you don't want you don't want to say, well, the two seed. You know what does it really matter? I understand that to a degree, but I think it's a bad look at this point if you don't get the number one seed. It is a bad look, and I think it only happens if Phoenix wins these head-to-head games. I mean, the, what you said is there, there aren't that many games left. The Jazz would have to play really poorly. And now you add in this fact about the Suns' schedule down the stretch. The Suns' path to the one seed involves beating the Jazz twice. And on top of that, possibly the Jazz playing poorly because – with the Suns playing this good a schedule, I mean, can they really run the table with that many back-to-backs? You would think not. No. So their only path, the Suns' only realistic path to the one seed is they got to beat the Jazz twice. That gets them within a game and a half, and then they have to outperform the Jazz even though they got the tougher schedule. But it gets yeah, them I don't know what, to within how, a game and a half, and they'd have the tiebreaker. How much I want to extend Chris Paul down the stretch? because clearly he's the one missing piece. Now, they didn't have Crowder last year either, and I don't want to discount him, but he's a streaky shooter. He provides toughness. We've seen it here, but he is extremely streaky uh, as far as that. When he's on, yeah, it's a good, the, the bucket looks huge, uh, but he's not always on, obviously. So you, Chris Paul, is the big difference, and he's also, what, 35 years old? I don't know how crazy you want to go as far as putting him in the position of having to play all these back-to-backs and all this stuff. Uh, my guess is Phoenix isn't going to go nutso to get the number one seed themselves. So they're probably going to lose a few games, right? I would think. I, mean, I don't know that they're going to keep up this pace. They finished last year 8-0, and zero, <laughs> so uh, they're, they're winning. If you, count, you can't really count that last year because Paul wasn't there, but – and they've been winning at an extremely high level here, and uh, that's great for them. But you got to make sure that Chris Paul is ready to go because Chris Paul goes down at any level, any form of injury that impacts him, this team is toast. Well, he's had a lot of those in the postseason. We have po- seen him pull up lame hamstrings, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, with sure. the Clippers, so, with Houston. Seems like almost every year, doesn't it? It probably isn't, but it just seems like it. It yeah. does seem like a regular occurrence, yes. <laughs> and there's no way they can have any level of success that they would like without him. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's easier for the Jazz to do because of the depth they have. And the Jazz yeah, 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 had no the – you know, Conley's had injuries. He's had a – he had a bolo. He had some serious stuff going on in Memphis. Now, he had surgery, took time off. He's had, you know, I don't Pretty minor this year. He did miss 20 games last year. That was pretty significant. But 
they're giving him off the second game of back-to-backs, you know, to make sure that he's healthy. Right. A, it's smart, and B, they've got enough players, you know, basically you just increase Joe Ingles' role, right? But they don't don't have a Joe Ingles, you know. So they don't. What are they going to do, right, in in Phoenix? Now, they they may just decide, hey, if we lose, we lose, but we're not running Chris Paul into the ground because – it, right. Whatever we know of their injury history, they've dug it up game by game, and their management has memorized it. So we'll see how they handle him down the stretch. I would assume there's time off for him. Right, and so that just increases my theory that in order for the Jazz to not get the number one, the Suns to get the number one seed, the Jazz really have to stumble because I would think that the Suns would take care of Chris Paul and not go crazy with those six back-to-backs. I think the Jazz have four. Uh, six, I think six. When you have twenty some games left in the low twenties, that's a fair amount of back to backs. Yeah, it is. It is. And the thing is that they'll have to be ready. And I do think there's a difference between one and two. Now you don't know for sure, but because you don't know who wins that seven eight game, because seven and eight can flip. It doesn't matter if there's a one game difference or a five game difference. When seven play it and he's playing tournament, whoever wins the game is seven. But Dallas is playing well, assuming they stay in the seventh spot. They'll probably win that 7-8 game. And Dallas is going to be a much tougher matchup than whoever 8 is, whether it's Memphis or whoever else can play their way in there through that, that tournament, however that shakes out. You know, maybe it'll be the Warriors. Uh, but I think Dallas, with Doncic, with the playoff experience they got last year, forcing the Clippers to six games. and I think you'd rather be one than two. I think the the first round. By the time you get the second round, you know, it's on, and there aren't going to be any easy matchups, I wouldn't think. I agree with all of what you just said, yeah. All right, DJ and PK, Masters Preview with Brian Taylor. Real Golf Radio coming up. We'll see what he, he thinks of our draft picks. We'll run that by him next. DJ and PK, Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. Former BYU assistant and a Utah staff member at 8.30, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.